0: The everyday board game podcast with your host Daniel.
1: And Daniel.
0: Daniel, good afternoon. How's it going? I'm tired of being threatened, so I'm <laughs> transitioning to good afternoon now. I'm being better. That's better. Uh, it's closer. It's not afternoon. It's actually evening. But
1: I'll give you afternoon because technically it is afternoon.
0: Yeah, it is legitimately <laughs> afternoon. Well, I mean, depending on how far you go afternoon, it could be morning. No. no. So you could say.
1: We, we live in a time frame that's 12 to 12, uh, like 12 hour clock. So you got your news, you got your law? midnight.
0: Who set this law? I did. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Mr. High and Mighty over here. Well, good morning to you, sir. All right. Well, we want to we thank you all for tuning in. This has been... No. <laughs> so today we are back with another Top 8 debate. Our first Top 8 debate since Gamma Trade Show. So we've had a bit of a break there while we're covering all the new interesting stuff.
1: And, you know, recovering. And <laughs> recovering
0: from the new interesting stuff. I but, also, I uh, want to make mention about this. This is a special episode. Why is that? This is the 50th Top 8 Debate. That's <laughs> right. We have somehow found 50 ways to argue about games. And we're still going, people. And
1: we've only
0: ascended two. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. And we will continue that that process. Because that means that there has been at least 50 games that have ranked top on our list. Well, 49 50 soon.
1: Yep, uh, today will be the
0: 50th game. So, speaking of today being the 50th game, what are we even debating this time?
1: Today, we're doing something sort of something we've already done. We did variable setup, and this time, we're doing variable player powers.
0: Now, let's talk about why this is broken on Board Game Geek because I strongly disagree with the way that <laughs> it clarified it. Uh,
1: the definition for variable player power is each player has special actions that only they can perform. Or that modify standard actions.
0: Right. So let's let's explain this real quick. So um, when I looked on Board Game Geek just now, there was more than 14,000 games that count under that category. Mm-hmm. And that's because it is so loose that they include games that you start off exactly the same, but... Later can get a special ability through like a card. there. yeah. So basically every game. In
1: fact, let's just say how it is. Our number eight uh, game yeah. is Five Tribes. You, the variable player power is depending on which Jin you actually yeah. end up getting.
0: You know, like a really simple card game that has variable player power. Something wild by Funko. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's because if you win a win a set of Rummy, you might take a victory card that'll give you a special power. It's a technicality, but it counts. I don't know. I mean, I get, like, variable powers, yes, but variable player powers makes me feel like you start the game differently than other players. Yeah. yeah. But that's
1: variable setup.
0: Yeah. And it, well, <laughs> it, it's part of variable setup, but no, it's part of the mechanisms because you could do but something that yeah. nobody else can No, no, I don't disagree with I don't with like you. the idea that you can buy something that then becomes only yours. Yeah. I mean, no. like, I'm fine with that in a game. Don't get me wrong. I like the games that are on this list. I just don't like that that's considered variable player power. I think there's one game you don't like on this list. Probably.
1: And it's not Um, like that you don't like it. It just, it's not your cup of tea.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know which one you're talking about. And yeah, we'll get to that when we get to But that
1: one does meet the criteria we're talking about. That
0: meets the criteria better than most of the games that are on the list. Uh, Honestly. No, actually. Um. Yes. The the, the only, there's only two on the
1: list that I have that that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, the rest of them actually pretty much fit.
0: So let let's talk about examples of this. Uh, okay. Pandemic is a good example of it. Yeah, because, but we
1: can't argue about pandemic,
0: right? But Pandemic, you start with a different uh, character ability. Yeah. You know, that is yours throughout the game.
1: In fact, the top two games on this list of Board Game Geek are the top two games that are
0: Ascended. Right. So they can't be in this argument.
1: Exactly. And
0: definitely Gloomhaven falls in this category. Oh, yeah. because Your I'll, character is very, very different. different. Yeah. Absolutely. The
1: one I just unlocked recently, I
0: really want to itch to play it because it just it looks cool. Well, come on over. You can play Jaws of the Jaws Lion <laughs> and throw that guy in there. <laughs> Help me through the, my tutorials. That should be fine. <laughs>
1: No, we'll probably end up playing it here soon. Um, it's just been busy lately. Yeah, I hear you. But, yeah, no, those, those match the criteria. Now, I, like I said, out of the eight games, two of them were a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I'm going to put the elephant in the room. There was one game I actually outright vetoed.
0: Yeah, and so here's the thing, though. I'm going to agree with you, like, even vetoing it just on concept alone. So it's Android Netrunner. Now both sides are technically different players and, but <laughs> and you do play differently. Like it, it's better than like just getting a separate ability at the beginning yeah. of the game. Your deck is very different. Like the corp feels like a corporation, mm-hmm. the way that they handle everything. You could either be backstabby. You could either be like very protective of your stuff. You could have like, uh, like a lot of manipulation, a lot of cool stuff. And there is legitimate variability. In that. Yeah. And then same with the runner player. Um, same with the runner player, because the runner, their, their characters are either super fast, yeah. they're very good at getting through uh, the walls, like the, the ice blocks, I forget what they're called, um, ice. But they're basically firewalls, essentially. Yeah. Um, they, and there's a lot of ways you can manipulate it, or you can, mm. like as a runner, manipulate your opponents. But that's like saying Magic the Gathering is technically variable, variable player, player power. power. yeah. No, you just build a different deck. Yeah. And yeah, you have a separate ability, and, and I give it credit because the the two players are different sides, but it's an asymmetric game, and that's absolutely on point. And that's completely
1: different than right. variable player power. Asymmetric. Right. I mean, asymmetric games can fall into this category if yes, you think about like it. like Root. Root. Right. Um, I think, actually, Root was on this list. Yeah. But that, to me, that's just uh, because they have different win conditions, too, that's what changes it yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I, I completely I completely agree. They're not playing the same game, technically. Yeah, because every, kind of every game
1: on this list, everybody has the same win condition. They just play differently.
0: Right. Exactly. So, uh, speaking of our games, so this was a pretty easy list to come up with. Yeah. You know, eight that we both played. Yeah. Um, Which is good, because I suggested one that, like, totally did not have enough. <laughs> and I, Five games. I don't even played. think I would have had enough, <laughs> yeah. but I was pretty sure you would. I was
1: looking at it, and I was uh, going through it, and I'm like, I don't think he's played this or this or this. I know I haven't played yeah, any. It was of a these. publisher,
0: but you know, it's, that's beside the point. We
1: like the publisher. I don't think we just played enough games, right?
0: Exactly. So you know it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, so you found a nice like broad category that I thought we had done already, but turns out we hadn't. No, we did good. variable setup. Yeah, but this will be a fun one to debate. But I really, really honed in on why I'm slightly <laughs> perturbed about that in my honorable mentions, and so I can actually show you here. Um, if you ever want to go look through this, this is every single That's top our catalog. eight debate. Yeah, which you are not allowed to see, by the way. Like, this is <laughs> this is the holy grail of, of our podcast information.
1: Well, this is just the top eight debate. That's the holy grail.
0: That's right. That's right. Both of them. Yeah. Both folders combined. This
1: one has the ideas. This is what we've
0: done. Right. It's intense. <laughs> yeah. But, like the fire at the circus. Yeah.
1: Don't you have, like, a scary circus game now?
0: Yes, I do. Um, I picked up uh, Dreadful Circus. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to to playing it, actually. It looks really good. I read the rules. It's like uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, but uh, a lot more demented. Well, Well, Sheriff
1: of Nottingham wasn't demented, so... Well,
0: like, exactly, not at (laughs) all. But here's the thing. In Sheriff of Nottingham, right? Um, (coughs) You don't really, like, what... When you offer things to the other player, whoever the sheriff is, mm-hmm. you just have to tell them what you're bringing in, but it still becomes yours unless he confiscates it and you have a bootleg, right? Yeah. Um, where this game, you're actually bidding on the card that is being offered by the main player. And it's awesome because... <laughs> it's awesome because um, you, you hand them a closed box with tokens in it, uh-huh. or tokens or whatever, you know. And... They score in different ways. And the main player who's auctioning it off, they have to open up one box at a time and decide right then and there if they're gonna take what's in that box. Mm. If they deny it, it goes right back to the player and they can't go back to change their mind. So it's it's it flips it, but I believe it's a Fae Duty, a Bruno Fe Duty game. Okay. And it looks really cool and I love the art on it. It's Honestly, I, I can't think of
1: me. how many duty games I've actually liked.
0: Well, Maybe that should be a top 8 debate one of these days. I'm sure we've played enough. Maybe. I kind of avoid Fiduti, I think. But we can look. Oh, we can. Maybe Cathala. Unless we've done that before. I don't know. I don't think we've done it, no. See, now we're just brainstorming ideas when we should be uh, creating about, good yeah. content. Yeah. I know we've done a board game breakdown to Cathala, but... Yeah. But well, I don't think we've done a debate yet. I'm going through this quickly. He's looking through the tome. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, then there we go. We can do another Top 8 Debate soon. Yeah. All right. In two weeks. Beside that, let's talk about our games that we, that we have on here on Honorable Mentions. Let's uh, talk about why we have them. Do we want to start with the people? Yeah, let's talk with the people.
1: Sorry, it's been no, a, it's it's been been a while well since we've it. done a Top 8 Debate. We're right. a little
0: out of sync here. So we're going to talk about the games that were added in. We posted a poll in the Board Game Revolution group in Facebook. So if you want to ever vote on future episodes sign up for that group because you're the tiebreaker they're awesome and you guys count as a tiebreaker but we also let people add in their own things and comment what they're going to do but comment. we didn't get any comments but yep. we did have some ads
1: yeah. and i
0: agree with the first one you want to tell
1: me what it is yeah it's lost ruins of arnak with the leaders, leaders expansion. expansion and uh this probably didn't hit my honorable mentions because you literally have to get an expansion right. for this to fall into the category correct but I would not play Lost Ruins
0: of Arnax without the leader. I agree. It's absolutely a great job making variable player power legitimately. And, and, and you all feel very different. Yeah. And you manipulate things in different ways. Exactly. And it's a great almost an essential expansion now. Um, I would I say agree. it's I essential put but a, to mine me... Either. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't put it on my honorable mentions either. I,
1: I agree with it to the extent that I, I think I highly recommend it for people but it's not an essential for me. Right. It's I say you should get it and play with it and only play with it. But Lost Ruins of Arnak was a great game to begin with. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to get it down the line, if you just want to play the base game, more power for you. It's a really good game. The only thing I've ever called an essential expansion is Valhalla for Champions of Midgard because that distinctly made that game much better. And that is, I will not play without it. But I also recommend anybody who wants to try Champions of Midgard get a Val, get the Valhalla expansion. It just makes it... I don't care about the other expansions, but that one you need. Right. This one, it's a great expansion. I say it's a must-buy for most people, but you don't have to if you don't need to. Uh,
0: that's fair. You know, and see, my original stance on uh, Lost Runes of Arnacht is that I did like it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't about to race out and buy it. Like, yeah, it's you had I, a copy I, I enjoyed my plays of it, but I wasn't... I was never itching to play, and then we played that expansion, and now I'm still not itching to play, I, I definitely enjoyed myself more than any other play of that game.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I played it twice, uh, or three times. We played it once regularly, mm-hmm. then we played it with the Leaders' Expansion, and both you and me, who were okay with it, in fact, I had Dune Imperium higher, higher than uh, Lost Ruins yes. of Arnak, I, I think Dune Imperium might be still slightly higher, just because I like the battle system in it more than like the exploration in Lost Ruins of Arnak. Okay. But the leaders really put it on there because I think it was like just outside my top 100. I think this puts it in the top 20. Wow! That expansion by itself just—and I played it uh, with—I completely taught it to a new group who played it and just put the leaders expansion in. Didn't mess with all the new stuff. Just the 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 leaders, and they adored it. They really, really loved it. So,
0: yep, that's all it takes, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it when—I mean, it's like almost too obvious to include variable player setup. In, yeah in expansions unless the game is kind of like honed in for that
1: yeah no but. i get it a lot of people do uh, tend to do that too but yeah
0: i i just think uh it, it's a great expansion
1: in fact if that's the only expansion they drop for lost runes of arnak i'd be fine with it
0: that's fair that's very fair all right all right let's talk about the next one that was added in and this
1: is twilight imperium fourth edition and we'll talk about that later Okay,
0: alright, well this is awkward. And the last one that was added in... Oh, uh, that was by Scott and Kevin who added Lost Ruins. Scott added in TI4. And Jamie added in uh, Tsukuyumi Full Moon Down. Have not played it. Have not played it. I own it. You can see it right above
1: my head over here. Yep. Um, It's been up there a while. And I've unboxed it finally.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It's completely unboxed and ready to play. It's just... It's a chore to read. It's one of the more harder games out there. I do want to get it learned. I have the um, play mat in the closet over here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting that to the table. And I would agree it does have variable player powers because as I was going through all of them, those um, player characters that you can do play completely different. And they all have their own personal goals. So that's where, where it falls with me where it's the variable player power or asymmetric. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, that's what the people said, and they didn't add any comment. This is just me stating where to find it.
0: Cool, perfect. So let's talk about our honorable mentions. Sounds good to me. As always, I have our coin of doom ready to flip. Let's see who begins. Hey, look, it's me.
1: And when I mentioned we're going to talk about Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition, uh, that would be now. Oh, that is my first honorable mention here. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we even delay it at this point? Exactly. Uh, I really enjoy this game. I f- have the expansion uh, right over here somewhere. I do have to get it to the table again. The only the only issue with this game is that it is a bit of a chore. It's like uh, you can only play it once a year a if day. that. Yeah, because yeah. it's going to be the only thing you play. It's the uh, We played a three-player game of it for the first time, play for everybody, and it took us six hours. and that's a three-player game i heard people do in three four hours because there's not as much going on right and then i've heard people play like a six-player game of it and get it done in three hours but that's all they play um they don't really play any of the other games like i have on my shelf over
0: here right and the fact that like if they're like speed running it it still (laughs) takes three hours
1: exactly At at a full contingent too yeah I do like the fact I like it's a 4X game. It does have that variable player power that we talk about because my race plays differently than the other people's races. Uh, so when we played it, one person was all about the the economics, about the trades and stuff like that. And I played a turtle race where we were just wor- more worried about building up our armies and then expanding. Um, and it just is our ability to ex- you know build ourselves up. And our other buddy... Um, He was all about you know expanding as fast as possible getting his armies out there because that's what his character does and so we all played completely different um but it all has the same end goal trigger that when we're talking about asymmetric to this one we have to get to a certain amount of points and yeah no it plays really well i love the components quality on this one um now there's some games that where you'll have like the different shaped ships and for all the different players this one has all the same just different colors that's fine by me. Um, I dig this game. So that is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition.
0: All right. Very cool. Uh, my honorable mention, my first one that I want to talk about is a game where uh, it, it it's kind of a cheat in that, you yes, you are playing the same game. Ultimately, you're trying to bring your opponent from 50 life down to zero. Do you play Yu-Gi-Oh over here or something? Nope, nope. But it's not a collectible game by any sense. In fact, it's more like Yahtzee than it is uh, Magic. And yazi <laughs> Dice Throne, <laughs> basically. Yeah, Dice Throne. I I like Dice Throne a lot. Um, I just played it again a couple weeks ago. Always enjoy it. It's basically Magic Gathering meets Yahtzee, but you know, it's nice and casual. You know how to roll three times. You know what you're aiming for. Make dice combinations. But then on top of that, you're adding on character powers. Your everybody plays completely differently. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that was really matter. It's still the end game. same end game goal that yeah, I aim yeah. for. Bring your opponent from to zero life first. That's all you gotta do. But the gunslinger has bullets that you're pulling. You have people or characters that have you know different familiars with them that summon things. Um, I had one. I had the character. I forgot what the character's uh, name was, but it basically had a wolf companion. Oh no, a tiger companion. It was a tiger companion, and you could have the tiger companion jump in front of attacks and basically like you know get knocked out and then start healing over other rounds. And so you can't heal yourself, but you can definitely heal your your, your tiger, which never gets knocked out. Okay. So it's kind of like a variable shield. It's super cool. All of them work really well. Um, I haven't found a character that I thought was more or less balanced than others. But really, I've had fun with every character I've played.
1: Yeah, I, I really need to play this again. I really enjoyed the first play of it that I've done. I've, yeah. I, am in, uh, I, I liked it so much when they put the Marvel license on it, I backed it right away. Oh, it was yeah. an instant back for yeah. me. Yeah.
0: And the only reason I didn't is because I don't care about Marvel, but oh, I'm yeah. glad you do. So <laughs> speaking of backing, let's get off
1: traffic. Uh, I'm going to say this on our podcast. Oh, damn it. Dom. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yes. ended up backing um, the uh, Sleeping Gods.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Our mutual <laughs> friend uh, likes to do that to us where he shows us you know the most expensive kickstarters that we're really excited about. Yeah. I would have been happy not knowing about half of the ones he tells us about. Exactly. You know, ignorance is bliss sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But man, does it hurt. <laughs> it does. Sometimes.
1: And I knew it was on there and then he showed that like you can get everything. I'm like, right. I really want to play Sleeping Gods and yeah. so and then I know um, uh, one of my game groups, they love Ryan Lockett games cuz right. we play above and below, we played uh, near and far or we're going to play near and far as one of our next one. Um so when I saw that, what Sleeping Gods is, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, because we're almost done with um, Harry Potter, and we're almost done with the initiative, so we need to start something new.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I still need to play more initiative. Absolutely. You ready? Yep. All right. Our number two, you'll start us off. And
1: let's keep it up with Fantasy Flight, and this one was on the list, and I kind of agree with it. Um, this is Star Wars Rebellion. Oh, okay. I was close. Which one did you sing? Android Network. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> No. No. I chose to veto that one. Yep. I don't remember. It, but Star Wars Rebellion, this, uh, you feel completely different. Um, but this is along more lines of the asymmetric side of things. I did want to mention that as well. Because you do have different goals. So the the Empire wants to destroy the Rebel Alliance. Um, but... The Rebel Alliance wants to get the plans and you know thwart the Empire, but it it's one of the best um, thematic games that I've played. Mm-hmm. And it's the largest two-player game I own. I know it says two to four. No, it's the largest. Don't you two lie to me like that, <laughs> Fantasy Flight. Yeah. How dare you? No, because I don't like the the fact that the four-player game you have to split up. Like, so one character just runs the the land armies, and okay. another character runs the space armies. It's like why?
0: It, it's like how technically the Alchemist was like a five-player game. Yeah, one player's like just has them. all the yeah. puzzles and yeah. not playing a game.
1: Yeah, no, it just it's a two-player game. It's a it's so big. That the entire player board is two uh, boards, oh, wow. uh, like large size board game boards, so, like Ticket to wow. right size, and two of them side to side. Wow, it is massive. You get all these be- uh, pieces out there. Um, the Empire looks like the Empire stuff. You got like the Star Destroyers, the Death Stars, and stuff like that out there. And then you have the um, for the X wings and the Y wings for the Rebellion, and it's it's so it gives you that feeling that you're playing like the original trilogy. I do have also the expansion that I want to get to the table where you're playing, um, rogue one as oh, the rogue okay. one, uh, stuff in it. So I like, I want to play that because I really enjoyed the way the tension of that movie and seeing how they
0: brought it into the board game right. um,
1: category. So it should be really exciting. Yeah. Star yeah. Wars rebellion.
0: Very cool. Um, I'm going to let you try and guess my next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not too difficult because, uh, Every each of the two players. It's only a two-player game. Each of the two players gets at during setup their own special ability, variable player power, and that's the only thing that sets them different, other than playing this abstract strategy game. Onitama? No, not quite. As you share those in Onitama, this another one. It's incredibly pretty. It's based off of a city in Europe. Santorini. That's right. That, that's really the only difference between how you're that's playing if, it, it is it, is a very strong... And
1: that's with the the advanced right. play. It's not right. the, it's just the basic play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the basic
0: play is very simple. You know, you just move some pieces around. And it's a fine game. It works really well. But what since I came apart is the variability. That and the one player ability. You just get dealt one. You deal with it. That's your ability. and the, the vari- I love it. And it's the, one of the Greek gods, right? That's your yeah. ability. You become one of the Greek uh-huh. gods. That's right. Yeah. And so like one of them... For example, you can't jump off of like a building like super tall, right? Yeah. Some of them you can, right? Yeah. One of them might, might be able to skip a building or jump over something. One of them might be able to push the other players. Like It's just very simple concept. Yeah. Actually, now that I realize it, this is my second Roxley game on my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, it no, is. Because I didn't realize that before. But yeah, I mean... I it was, went back-to-back back fam- Fantasy
1: Flight, you went back-to-back back Roxley.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love it. It's such a cool game. No, no. And it- the variable player power... Is the only reason that game is as good as it is?
1: Yeah, I mean the
0: basic game is fine. If you, it, it's fine. I
1: honestly recommend to you if you want to learn Santorini, do the basic game before right, you course. add the variable right. player
0: powers. But yeah, you're not going to have fun until you're playing with the variable player powers. No, that's no, point. I,
1: I have fun playing the basic game because it's just you're it's trying good. to make sure you get the third. It's fine, but once the variable player powers gets right. in there, it just it turns it to a whole nother level.
0: Right, exactly, <laughs> and that's where that's where I love it. So Santorini, that's my number two. Okay,
1: my question is. Uh,
0: what is, what is Santor- Santorini, New York's uh, variable player part? I haven't seen it. I'm assuming it's uh, Mafioso <laughs> and um, Pizza Rats and <laughs> um, Subway Performers and... Um, the Naked Cowboy. Yeah, and then people jumping from skyscrapers. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. okay. That just got and dark. And moguls. I... Like... I mean, I would not say oil but... The, it kind of makes
1: sense with Santorini, like, Wall the Street Greek uncles, guys. But, yeah. uh yeah.
0: New York? Well, I mean, the name doesn't make sense either. Either, yeah. yeah. Santorini, New York. Yeah. All right, moving on to our last one. And our last one, I'll be starting us off. So this last one, believe it or not, is not by Roxley, but I will let you also try and guess this. First off, it started off as a game from the 80s, where it definitely had variable player powers. Got rethemed with a license... And I feel like this IP is what sets it above and beyond its original counterpart and why the variable player powers are so, so necessary for this game. So it was something in the 80s and now has an mm-hmm. IP. Yes. It didn't have an IP
1: before. Um, not even sure. Game
0: of Thrones, the Iron Throne. Oh, Cosmic it used to Encounters. Used be Cosmic Encounter, yeah. yeah. And so, first off that it's a game about Actually, shrewd negotiation but every player is very different that's the whole gist cosmic of it cosmic
1: encounter is the 70s
0: i'm pretty sure 80s but we'll we'll check later but um either way well, one of talking, us is i'm right. going to go look about it all right well that's that's <laughs> fine because cosmic encounter was a game also very heavily based on variable player power that's how you win or lose is by these shenanigans that you do and the game of thrones universe needed something like this it is all about negotiation. Alright. I said correct to 97. Or 77. 77. Almost got you there. Uh, but Game of Thrones needed something where it's like you're shrewd negotiating. You could just straight up battle each other. You have all these. Oh, they but have the board no game. no character. Yeah, but that's diplomacy with extra rules. <laughs> it's all that is. You know, and it's fine. I, I say that lovingly because I do like the It, it is right a really yet. good game. It's just. But oh. yeah, I nobody will ever play it ever again. Um. And but the Iron Throne, this is the most true, um absolutely the most true iteration of the Game of Thrones license on a game, in my opinion. Because you are straight up like, Hey, why don't you work with me? Let's let's spread our influence into into the castle. It's like, no, you don't want to? Okay, well I'm gonna stab you in the face because I can. Like, yeah, no, I love it. It's no, I get so good. it. I get it. It's not even my favorite Game of Thrones game. Yeah, the only the only problem that I had with it, and this is honestly, the base game came with only five of the seven houses, and you had to buy the expansion to get the other two. That's stupid. But it is Fantasy Flight, so yeah, they do that makes all sense. the time. Yeah. yeah, but no this this game. It's fantastic, where it was. I'm surprised not enough people are talking about it. Some well, people are that's like, because oh, it's,
1: it's a re theme of Cosmic Encounters, and Cosmic Encounters got too much love for Right.
0: And it has a million and a half variable player powers where really they just kind of refined them to the best. Yeah. Way and that speaking would of
1: work. which, uh, the, we're talking about like how Fantasy Flight does it, they did it with Cosmic Encounters too, where yep. uh, because it was originally Avalon Hill i want to say
0: um I maybe i know mayfair did one mayfair version. was another one i yeah. think
1: uh but they had the like person. several um expansions yep. or just a uh, alien powers and fantasy flight like released like the first five and then just released two or three per expansion right. to just to catch up and it's like i get why you're doing it because you like money but right. come on <laughs>
0: come on like put put 50 in the box we'll yeah make it the ultimate edition right but that was my uh, number one honorable mention, Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne, and with my, the expansion. Mm-hmm.
1: And my number one honorable mention is a game I just recently played. I saw it on the list, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put it on here. So, Did she go party? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. The variable player power um, is at the start of the game. You have a, what is it, an empire, a different empire for each player. I think it's what it's called. And uh, this one okay. is It's a Wonderful World. Oh, okay. And so... I like this game so much. It's a simple drafting game. It uh, it basically makes 7-1 her obsolete in my eyes. Mind you, there's like 60 other games that did that too. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> so, we were just
0: discussing this right before. Yeah. Now you finally played 7-1 with architects, architects. And it's like... Seven Wonder, it's it's like the slice bread joke. It's like I used to have a T-shirt that said "Slice Bread Surpassed by Nearly Everything Since 1922," <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? Because everyone says best things since slice bread. Well, all of these games are the best things since Seven Wonders. So yeah, right. especially when it comes to drafting.
1: Yeah. Uh I th- I thought this was a a great game. Um, I didn't do too well because I was like, I got I focused on this one thing that just didn't work with my player powers, Yikes. and so now that I'm gonna, I know it I. I'm going to play it better. But I just had fun. Be like, I did the thing that I held the card. There was only one copy of this card in the entire
0: deck. And I built it. It didn't do me any good. (laughs) But you (laughs) had it, though. I had it. No one else had it.
1: And so, because I played the Aztec Empires, I'm more about, like, war and exploring ruins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was focused more on gold um, and other stuff so but it was a great game i had a good time playing it i liked it so much i went out and bought two expansions right (laughs) that i could find um i wish they they would bring it back with kickstarter i would get the big box stuff um because i really loved our friend's copy of it just because how this comes with like the little bowls for everything though i did see on uh board game geek they have um like the generals and the financers they have the um they're like the Wingspan and oh, yep, the great. Resin. Yeah. Yeah. They look really Geekabits. nice. So, Yeah. Geekabits. I'm going to end up buying those. But yeah. yeah so this was, uh, it's a wonderful world. A great drafting game. Plays quite simple. It's funny because you were hesitant when he was like, oh, we could knock this out in 30 minutes. And we knocked it
0: out in 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I am hesitant because, well, playing it previously with new players, it does tend to take a little bit longer. Because there is a lot that you could yeah. like kind of get well, heady with. But no, we, we did.
1: Yeah, and the thing about it is, I came into it not blind. I had already watched yeah. uh, how to play, how it worked, and so I'm like, okay, I got an understanding already right. what it is. So once we started playing it, it's just like, okay, I'm gonna take this, move this, gonna take this, gonna move this, yeah. and keep going. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna build this. Yeah, there was times I'm where you dropped it
0: faster than me, and I had played it before.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm gonna take this because I'm gonna use this uh, to the trash. just so I can get the mm-hmm. component. I want to build this because it'll help start building me up on other stuff. So right. yeah, it, it was. The fact that I already came into this knowing what I wanted to do. yeah. And so for me, this one was a great game. It's a wonderful world. And this would just missed out on our top eight debate. I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like number 10 or 11 or something like that. Mm.
0: Cool deal. All right. Well, then that means that we are going to get into this debate. Uh, Before we do so, let's talk about how we do, how we run the debate. And what all of these coin of doom, cup of doom category things that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. and why we try to make, take our bias out of this debate. Mm -hmm. The first thing that we do is we have a series of criteria, five specifically, each with three sub criteria, because we have way too much time on our hands. (laughs) And we argue way too much. That's right. (laughs) And so this was simply just, uh, originally we used to just debate these five points and then we, we, we got lost in translation a few times yeah. because of what we intended for them. So, first one, ease of play. Ease of play, obviously, is just how simple the game is. Um, the first, categ- first sub-criteria is simplicity and familiarity of the mechanism. If it's a brand new mechanism, might not be as simple as like rolling dice three times.
1: Oh, uh, Case in point, we have Dune Imperium on here. This is a blending of two. Uh, two
0: fairly common mechanisms. Yeah. yeah. And then likelihood to get to the table i.e. via mechanism or theme. Mm-hmm. Either one, whatever is more likely to hit the table. And then finally, is the game prone to analysis paralysis? This what is that a means, negative. Yeah, this is a negative for it. So what we mean by that is, are you going to sit there and just like stare at your hands and freeze up while you're ch- considering all your options? Um, no, part of that's the player, but part of that is the game as well. Yeah, yeah. So that, that takes away from the ease of play when you get like so... What, what was the game that we played the other day where I played and I was like, that was really fun. My head hurts. Ah, yeah. Uh, and there was one game that we walked away from and I was like, <laughs> I like that a lot, but I do not want to play that again for another month. Oh, yeah. That was a couple so of weeks now. ago, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it was a buddy of ours game. Let me yeah, check in. Because now I'm really curious, but that's an example of being prone to analysis paralysis. I don't think I froze up that much, but there were times when I was like, ah, like my head. It, there's, there's too many options, too many bones.
1: Oh, man. I,
0: uh... I'll look at my data later, but yeah. Yeah, that, oh, Factory Funner. Factory Funner. That's the one. <laughs> that is prone <laughs> to analysis paralysis. Handful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was a great game, And yeah. I hurt when we were done. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, so the next criteria we have is replay value. This means the length of time and the scaling of the game. Does it play as well as t- uh, at two players as it does on four players? Case of point, we were just talking about... The, um, uh seven, the wonders. seven wonders we will not touch the original seven wonders at two players to the point where nobody would touch it and they took it out completely of the new copies and made a two player version of it yeah so that's the, that's what we're talking about length of time and scaling well does it add way too much time the yeah. more player time uh, is it
0: the kind of game where it's like one hour long per, per player here yeah
1: yeah uh minimum number of plays a full experience what we mean here is like as a campaign game that's telling you where you have to play a, 20, 30 different games to right. get the full experience. Or there's a multitude of cards, so yeah. they're they're completely different. So case in point, uh, it's a wonderful world. There's only so many cards that have so many copies. So how long will it take you to go through all of it? Yeah. And expandability. This means already existing expansions up to one possible future expansion or expansions that are confirmed by the designer or publisher. Uh, Wingspan is our big one on this. There's going to be an expansion for every uh, continent. Right now, they only have two. But we know there's going to be four others.
0: Yeah, exactly. The next category is uh, Meaningful Choice. This is my personal favorite. Um, There's a few ways to break down Meaningful Choice. Does the game, uh, by playing the game, do you have impact on other players' strategies or are you just playing multiplayer solitaire? That's one of the big ones. Another one, can you affect your long-term strategy or are you playing tactically throughout Mm -hmm. the game itself and then finally how likely and this is also a negative how likely do arbitrary choices impact your gameplay Mm -hmm. so arbitrary choices could be either good or bad like for example if you have a hand of cards let's say a bunch of different abilities and you don't and you can only play one of them if they all are awful that's an arbitrary choice but they're they're all great but if they're all great that's also arbitrary because none of them benefit you any more than others because they're all just equally as good we, you want to have that tension. You want to have that, that feedback in your game. Yeah. So that is the meaningful choice. Does every choice or every choice that I make along the way matter? Matter. And how do they
1: matter? Mm-hmm. Uh, next on our list here is game immersion. This is actually my personal favorite, but this is also the most subjective category we have on here. It, does the game uh, fit the category uh, best or theme match the mechanism? For this one, we're going to go more along uh, the theme matching the mechanism. Right. Uh, because... Do you feel like you're playing completely different than the other players? Or right. Is your player power uh, for this game better than the other game? Um, next up is player interaction. This is includes the like the table talk yeah. or your role playing. You're really getting into what you're doing. You're filling your character. And yeah. so that's very important. And as well as, and this is the most subjective on it, is the memorable moments. What are the mm-hmm. things that are going to make you stand up and shout and have a whole room look at you?
0: Yeah, whether good or bad. <laughs> yep. And then our last of the five criteria is art and production. The art that is subjective, but there are some games that are very clearly better art. I mean, Fantasy Flight really knocks it out of the park more often than not.
1: Anything with Vincent
0: Dutre. That's right, <laughs> and so there's uh, and late lately Ian O'Toole and like and few, Chris Quillian. Yeah, there's a lot of really good artists that we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it's that versus you know comic book like you could tell the person's kind of amateurish or screen captures or screen captures. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to pick that apart. Then we have pieces and components. Um, you know, a lot of times people argue for minis and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, do the minis impede? Uh, like for example, we recently played, uh, return to dark tower. Everything about that game was really fantastic. Except that tower was honestly obtrusive. <laughs> it really it was. Really was. Great. It's a great so, tower. <laughs> it's a small knock. Small knock because actually
1: uh, it was intrusive, but it was also, it really gave that atmosphere right. when it lit up or made noise and you hear things rolling. Right. And, but that is something that we'll bring up,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, I had to physically stand up to look at your side of the board. That's ridiculous. But. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. And then finally, graphic design. This one's a little less subjective, specifically because Daniel and I are both colorblind. Yep. We are definitely going to hold you accountable for that. Exactly. If it's not colorblind friendly, then that's a huge <laughs> knock to you. Mm-hmm. But really, what we're talking about with graphic design is, is your cards covered in, like, icon heavy or are these yep. paragraphs? You know, you want to have a good balance. Mm-hmm. You want to have the graphic design of the game. Um, enhance your player experience and you Even want if it to something... be
1: as language independent as possible i know there's going to be some time where you have to talk but i want to be able to say okay this star means this right exactly
0: yeah exactly like you don't want it to mean have all these variabilities mm-hmm. i'm looking at you've raced for the galaxy who is not <laughs> colorblind friendly which was on this list of variable player power yep and then finally
1: And when it all said and done, and if we can't come up with uh, a consensus winner, that's where it's very important that you go join the Board Game Revolution group and vote on the poll that we post on there, because your vote is our tiebreaker.
0: Yeah. All right. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be flipping the coin of doom. That'll tell us who debates first, and we'll pull one random from the cup of doom, and that will decide what they are arguing for. Uh, today, we have eight games with variable player power. Let's list off the games real quick. Yep. Number one. Our number one seed is Terraforming Mars. And it's going up against our eight seed, Five Tribes. Our number two seed, Scythe.
1: Going up against our seven seed, Mechs versus Minions. Our number three seed, Dune
0: Imperium. Going up against our number six seed, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. And our number four seed, going against... Or going, sorry marvel champions <laughs> going up against our number five seed agricola remember it's been a bit since we've recorded Agricola.
1: yeah i did going up against marvel anyway. Cham- yeah yeah all right well, so anyway five tribes yeah I, I, know. I know so my biggest thing is looking through this i know we're getting ready to do the debate the two and seven is going to be very tough yes especially yes. when we're going into the art and production right <laughs> they're, they're both well i know which one has my vote but yeah i know yeah. which one has your vote too and i know which one has my vote in the art and production side of it yeah. uh everything else i love both of those games and our number right. three and number six seed is uh, a, a little another toughy because again those are really good games too
0: yeah yep absolutely so uh let's start off with number one seed terraforming Mars versus number eight seed five tribes daniel you'll be starting us off today
1: Oh, I get Five Tribes. Ooh, oh. fantastic. So, let's just uh get the elephant out of the room here. Five Tribes, when it comes to variable player power, is yes. not winning that category right. at all.
0: In fact, so much to the point that I say we just straight up give game immersion to Terraform, Terraform and Mars. And Mars, I Which agree. I don't say as a thematic game. <laughs> yeah. But compared to Five Tribes...
1: yeah. And the big thing is, we talked about it at the top of this, that when we... Originally, we are talking about this. Five tribes is the Jan powers. If you get the Jin, it really changes you. Other than that, you're just doing the column mechanism. Right. No difference of it. Now, I'm going through our criteria, and sure. both of them are not easy to learn. No.
0: Uh, um, but between the two, five tribes is easier to learn. Yes,
1: because of the column mechanism.
0: Yeah, column has been around for at least thousands of years. So, I mean, that's tried and true. But surprisingly enough, I found very few people... I, I was taught how to play Mancala in high school by one friend, and I had never met anybody else who knew how to play it. Well, it's because there's different variations of it, too. Sure, but any of the variations. Like, we've seen the Moncala boards at, like, thrift stores and, and stores yeah. and stuff, but I've never seen anybody know how to play it other than my one friend.
1: Well, I think a big part of it, too, is where we're located.
0: True. We have a, a large uh, Hispanic
1: community, Mexican community around right. here growing up my parents didn't really play uh right. that they played the bones yeah. dominoes that was their like a mexican train was the thing my dad played all the time right that's fair it's it a, is a cultural thing yeah it's it a cultural is, thing A kala think came from africa if I'm not something mistaken. like that yeah so, so i think if that's a big part of it is because um talking with our friends a while ago uh um uh, uh tabletop melt- uh, hop, mm-hmm. they played a version of a trick game i've never heard of called euchre
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, and so but we down here never really played that. We played you your one the one that you really like is Pepper. We played Pepper, which
0: nobody knows how to play. Yeah. Uh also anyway, my yeah.
1: me and my family used to play Rummy all the time yep. or uh sure. Rook was another one they played a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a cultural thing. Yeah. So but yeah, Makala mechanism is real simple. Right. Um when it comes to the likelihood to get to the table on the ease of play as well, I think that is uh five tribes.
0: Yeah. Uh, at
1: days of wonder beautiful art yes don't get me wrong terraforming mars is not a pretty game but it's a good game yeah
0: it's fine. yeah and <sighs> it's an exciting thing yeah it is
1: it is uh your corporations terraforming mars and yep. it's cool how you're doing it i love that thing the one thing i think terraforming mars wins is replay value both of them uh, are yeah. long games uh-huh. but uh the fact of the minimum number of plays of the full experience there's a ton of cards in yes. terraforming mars Yeah, and none of them are the same I,
0: I agree with everything you say i don't think it scales as well i mean the five tribes i do feel like can be done a lot quicker it's i wouldn't call it a long game i would call it medium length but i don't disagree with you i do agree replay value definitely would go to and also mars. because
1: terraforming mars yeah. is expandability right. it has five six expansions something like that plus sure. the big box so there is a lot going on there. right uh the one thing that really gets to me is I, I'm going to say Five Tribes wins aren't uh, aren't production hands down yes hands down because yep. even with the big box of the 3D printed pieces sure. for the it's still ugly as sin <laughs> it's not yeah. a pretty game right uh but the one that gets to me so we basically have a two two tie it comes down to game, uh, meaningful choice
0: yes which um, they're both strategic game I I feel like the card play in um, terraforming mars is a little more random o- honestly i would i do think terraforming mars should move on and so I, I know i'm going to argue for it but um because terraforming mars yes it you know if we break it down piece by piece um what we're arguing right now is variable player power and hands down it has that more than anybody else even with even if you take an account for the gins like, every card you play, there's a lot of very unique cards in the game itself. Mm-hmm. So, you you start off slightly different with your corporations, you end very differently. Differently, yeah. You know, and that's what I think is the, you know, the, the basis of what we're arguing today. And that's why I think, regardless of bre- the breakdown, I do think Terraforming Mars should move on.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Just because the big thing is, uh, the way we're talking about it, like you were saying, yeah. you do... Uh, Unless you're playing the basic game of Terraforming Mars, it plays right. differently because you have a different corporation. Right. You have different abilities. Mm-hmm. One corporation is really good about steel and right. being able to get, hey, if you get one steel, you get two actually instead right. or something like that.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. I do definitely think that terra- or, uh, Five Tribes is a more strategic game. Once everything is laid out, it's laid out. The only thing that changes is those gins. Once one is bought, then a new one comes out. That's really the only difference between it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a chess game at that point. So, you're agreeing Terraforming Mars moves on? I do agree. Okay. So, Terraforming Mars moves on. By the skin of its teeth. Barely. (laughs) Now, don't think I'm taking it easy on you, Terraforming Mm -hmm. Mars, because starting off as a corporation, that's a small, small variable. All right? You just Just wait. Wait, because really, we're going to talk about it. No, I'm going to throw it under the bus later because you
1: don't need to throw it under the bus. It could just pull out the three, it, the, the it big box, five <laughs>
0: tribes, because barely. obviously, yeah, because five tribes doesn't have variable player power as far as anyone's concerned. But Terraform Mars, you hold your horses. Just wait. Yeah.
1: All no, right. I don't disagree with you. Uh, because you don't have to throw it under the bus because of the, th- the playing uh, uh, variable player powers right you could just throw it under the bus because it's ugly as sin
0: that's true, that's true. That, <laughs> well that's like kicking a dead horse right
1: yeah pretty much alright so the next one here is Scythe versus Mechs versus, Mi- uh, Mechs versus Minions and I'll be
0: starting us off on this debate oh I hope to god you get Scythe No, oh, I can argue either one <laughs> yep yeah that's fine I why are you laughing you, you know I like Scythe okay. I actually like Scythe quite a bit. You do like Scythe.
1: I just laugh because you finally got your grail game and you can't argue it.
0: You're right. (laughs) You're not wrong on that. No, um, what makes this so cool. So Scythe, yeah, it's first off, super variable. That's the theme of what we're talking about today. Variable player powers. Every one of the countries or character abilities that you do, the boards are completely different on how they work. Mm -hmm. And you are working towards the same goal. You're basically trying to get a certain number of points. By utilizing your abilities, I you know one of my honorable mentions was going to be Tapestry because that unseated scythe for me as far as uh, stonefire yeah. games, and I feel it's the same idea because I really like how scythe took you know an essence of like this mega epic war game condensed it down in a really refined way and made it so that you are able to use your player abilities to your benefit even if you're not very good at the game. You don't feel like you're taking out taken out of the game because of how you've played your character. You are succeeding in whatever that character is trying to do, and that's what's the most important part. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if my character was just trying to like you know build up structures like in its home area, I'm just like I'm making this up on honestly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything. you get the idea. Is that even if I lose the game, I still felt like I am completing the objective of what I am aiming for. Yeah, and so that's a really big thing. Um, If we had to break it down, because I feel like we'll break it down a little bit. I, a couple of quick points I want to make out. Art and production, obviously the art goes to Scythe. I mean, because there's no doubt oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, the art The art is phenomenal. Pieces but and components pieces is mechs component <laughs> vs. Mech minions, yes. So, both of the games have really decent graphic design. Yeah. So, honestly, I think that That's a push. should be a push. Right. Yeah. Um, But they're both very strategic games. There is a little more random in mechs versus minions, but... And here's the thing. Barely. They both take on an intimidating factor. They're easily two of the bigger games that we have in this debate today. Oh, yeah. However, with the repertoire of um, Riot Games making Mechs vs. Minions, you have a lot of League of Legends and and, uh, the video game community that know that. Yeah. Willing to go into tabletop because of that and that's that's another thing that we don't often talk about in our debates no is that like what is the community impact of these games yeah scythe could never do that like scythe didn't come from a background that that oh Riot no no did. i don't disagree yeah <laughs> Yeah. Sturmeyer but has done it but yeah. not with so South. likelihood to get to the table on that oh, level well, of yeah. that's like royalty right yeah. that's like oh uh, like for example, the, and they're still producing it too. Yeah, so the, the Elder Scrolls game, mm-hmm. you know, when that comes out, uh, uh Skyrim I, the board yeah. game, that alone is gonna pull in a lot of massive gamers that have never been to yes, tabletop the, before. The,
1: the, the thing is with Mech vs Minion, and I agree with you on that. I don't agree with you when it comes to Skyrim. It'll have people look at it, but because of that price point, uh, people might not True. play. Whereas Legal Legends were selling Mex versus Minion at a loss, they yes. were. It was like what ninety dollars. No, they
0: weren't selling it at a loss, but they weren't selling it as like. So the difference is when you sell stuff in a retail, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm a publisher, I'm selling something at a quarter of what the retail is. So if I have a twenty dollars game, I'm selling it for five dollars to go into distribution. Yeah, that's because that that difference um, has to be made up by the distributors selling it. And then you have to sell it at half of MSRP to get it in stores mm-hmm. because they have to jump it up the other ten yeah. and take a chance on your games. Riot never had okay. to do any of that. Well, they didn't. They even sold it direct, directly. Only. Yeah. So when you bought *Mechs vs. Minions*, you got it from Riot. Right. Yeah. So they were able to take a game that would normally be a two hundred dollar game on the shelf Easily. and sell it for less than a hundred. Yeah, it was ninety. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
1: it's funny because our our friend Board Game Geek was just talking about it on one of his TikToks. Uh-huh. And he was uh, mentioning the fact that because you have to get it from Ryan, game, yeah, yeah. game head Geek, Yeah. Uh, and you can make it so much easier to do it because you're right. buying it directly from them. Yep.
0: yep. And they have the customer base to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Most companies can't do that. And though. I don't
1: disagree with you. It was like when you were talking about Skyrim, that price point is what's going to scare people yeah, off. This will. one you can just buy directly yeah. for $90. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, no, 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 I don't disagree with you. Um, that if for Scythe or, uh,
0: that was it for Scythe for now. Okay.
1: Yeah. So these are, either one are like super easy to play, but I think Mex versus Minions is just slightly easier. It is. Uh, the the cooperative nature of yeah, The cooperative nature of it. Is, nature um, the simple coding of it. So it's like, okay, this this is what my character is going to do. Mm-hmm. And you can understand it based on the cards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so ease of play, simplicity, I think goes to um, Mex versus Minions.
0: Gotcha. Replay value.
1: No, this now, is interesting Yeah,
0: because it's it's a campaign game. Well, the thing There's is
1: length of time and scaling well I think goes to Mex versus Minions. Yeah. Mechs versus Minions plays a lot um I can play a four player game of Mex versus uh, Mex pl- caps at 4. Yeah, I can play a four player game of Mex versus Minions quicker than I can play a four player game of Scythe. Though right. Scythe can hold up to six players. Right. I don't recommend it. We no. played a six-player version of that. And no, you really <laughs> shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it it's, was long. Yeah, um, But minimum number plays for the full experience. Now, I agree with you. It's a campaign game for Mechs mm-hmm. Dominion, but it's like 10 chapters. Yeah. That's fine. Give or take. Yeah. That's fine. Scythe has the Rise of Fenris expansion right. that makes it a campaign game as well. Yes.
0: You're not wrong. But you have to get an expansion to do it.
1: Yeah, and then... Uh,
0: which is a weird little caveat, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, just the base game alone, could you have the encounter cards mm-hmm. that uh you have a lot to go through. Uh the war cards that mm-hmm. play do differently. But I will give replay value two out of three to yeah. Max versus Minions. Okay. Meaningful
0: choice. <laughs> um that would be that would definitely be Scythe. Scythe. Yeah. Um just because although I love we're going to get into this more in game immersion, but the most the, themat- one of the great thematic parts of, of mechs versus minions is when you get a glitch and it goes into your programming code and you just have to deal with like this broken code that just sucks for everybody. So like, you'll be playing, you're like, Hey Danny, come on over here. You need to help us out. And I'm just like spinning in circles because of this broken thing. Right. It, it's awesome. So,
1: so no, I don't own Catan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and why so, is it on this list because it doesn't have variable player powers as far as the beginning goes yeah facing.
1: uh so i agree with you that that is actually funny when it comes to memorable moments mm-hmm. in fact i honestly think mechs versus minions gonna move on as much as it pains me because you know i'm a stonemire fanboy right the game immersion uh scythe in um uh, mechs versus minion fit this category yes. really well the each character plays differently in mechs uh in yep. each player does something different in sight. So I yeah. think it's a push there. Right. But the player interaction and the memorable moments goes to Mechs versus Minions because That's it's right. just the the shenanigans, as you mentioned it, where like I, I would help you guys to take care of this right. bomb, but I have to spin in circles. I'm falling <laughs>
0: off of a cliff here for some reason. And I'm not sure why. So yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's I, so fun. I don't disagree with you. So Mex versus Minion moves on. Fantastic. All right. Our next one will be our number three seed, Dune Imperium, versus our number six seed, Mansions of Madness, which, oh boy, we've debated before, haven't we? Oh, a lot. Yep. And you'll be starting us off today, Daniel.
1: All right. Let's go into the Cup of Doom. And thank you for your uh, comment, GM Dandy Drew. And I get Mansions of Madness. Of course. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but I have to argue Dune Imperium. Well, well...
1: I would honestly prefer to. Are you doing Imperium? Just because it's something new. I'm willing
0: to offer a gentleman's <laughs> trade. No. no, let's let's stick with it. Okay,
1: so Mansions of Madness is it, there's a reason why we've debated it so much. Why it's so highly voted. It is a good game, and there is variable player powers. Yeah, um, your character that you're playing is completely different than another character that you're playing. Uh, someone else is playing, mm-hmm. so you have your own special ability that nobody else can do. Yeah. Unless you have like the eighth uh, version of that character. It meets the criteria. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, it has a lot of immersion. It has great components. So it's it's going to be tough for Dune Imperium, especially to go up against this game. Because there's a reason why it's a juggernaut when it comes to our top eight debates. In fact, if I remember correctly, it went up against Pandemic Legacy Season 2. And yes. it could have been um, it almost almost ascended. Champions. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what I can add that I haven't already said about this game. Yeah, but... <laughs> listen to almost any other previously,
0: previous topic. Podcasts, yeah. 49 of them to choose from, <laughs> and probably half of them have Mansions of Madness in it. So,
1: I'm not going to belay the fact um, it's a good game. We'll go through the criteria when you get your yeah. uh, say about Dune Imperium. Okay.
0: So Dune Imperium, yeah, I mean, the, you're the one who introduced me to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not know anything about the Dune universe. Let me just make that clear right here. But I did enjoy it. I do like the combination of deck building and, um, and work More placement. Um, there are a couple parts about the game, like uh, the different resources that I'm sure, had I known the theme or the source material better. It would have better, fit better. Yeah, like, like salt or spi- yeah, spice and um, other things. Uh, it was a spice. Salt is a spice. Um, <laughs> it counts. No, um,
1: because salt isn't... Well, you could have pink salt. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> what
0: I'm saying, though, is that, uh, you know, a lot of that was unfortunately lost on me. But I don't feel like I was too taken out of the game. Yeah. I, I felt like I was able to function. Um, here's my argument, though. When I played Dune Imperium, I didn't like it any more or less than, uh, Lost Ruins of Arnek, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But both of which I was kind of, like, mediocre on. Yeah. You know? Um... And that's including Doom Imperium's uh, variable player powers. Yeah, it's deck building. That's really where the variability mostly comes in. Yeah, because
1: you'll have... Well, no, your variability comes in from uh, when you get your Signet Ring out yeah. of your deck. Because right. uh, whenever that's pulled, you get to use your power, uh, which if you're one person, that does right. something different than the other person. That, that's, that's the main variable power. That
0: is true, yeah. Um, and that part I liked about it. I thought it was really cool. There, there's a lot to consider in the game. Um as far as whether it's going to pass on, I don't think it will. Um, I do think Mansions of Madness, unfortunately, would move on uh, because I can already see some glaring things. Art and production: the art's fine on it; it's very mm-hmm. pretty. The production's garbage, in my opinion. I mean, the the tokens they're they're fine. They're one okay, tokens, so I I do But agree they're not going to compare with the
1: compared to Mansions
0: minis, right?
1: Uh, other than our, our, our one slight
0: gripe with Mansion minis, sure. The stupid. Yeah. Yeah, the token The itself. little peg that but they got to go into. the app is developed better, no. everything else. Well, there's not an app for doing
1: Imperium, so. Right, well, that's true.
0: <laughs> it, so definitely it's better, right? At least we don't know that yet. Oh, I'll check that later. No, but it really, the, I mean, the app is well-produced, you know. Yeah. It could either make or break the game. Um, I feel like you're more immersed in, in that, hands down. Uh, meaningful Choice, to it, an extent. I mean, I feel there's more strategy in um, in... Do an Imperium, but that's about the last thing I could say. That yeah, it matches. I think this is a four to one, hands down. Meaningful choice goes to Do an Imperium. Everything else goes to Mansion. Yeah, it's
1: much easier to play. The replay value is up there for now. I know they've just released one expansion, yeah. and then they added in a bid box so you can have the minis instead of the the
0: player tokens. That's yeah, that's
1: not even an expansion. <laughs> we don't count big boxes. I know, but we the, we, we have. Two games that have big boxes on here. Yeah. Actually, three Agricola. Isn't aren't they yes. really?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Which is dumb. That's not an expansion. I mean, unless you include some expansion material. But like, even Space Base, I have. Ar- I argue against the expansion part of the big box because it adds up to seven players, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I digress. I think Mansions moves on. I. Don't disagree with you. All right. All right. Next one. Last one of the semifinals is Marvel Champions versus Agricola. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Daniel, I'll be starting us off on this one. And knowing my luck. <laughs> You'll get the
1: one that you don't like.
0: Well, nah, I You mean... don't hate it. Hey, look what you get. Okay. So, I'm going to just say it flat out. Agricola has no right being on this list. Nope. As much as I like this game, I like Agricola much better than than Marvel Champions. I'm not a fan of Marvel Champions. I don't think Agricola has any right being on this game.
1: Yeah, because I can't even think. I don't know why it's on this list, but I think we were
0: discussing yeah. it's the buildings. There are certain buildings you can buy that would be explicit to you. Mm-hmm. That's it. That I can think of. That's a variable player power. So Unless there was an
1: expansion that adds something different that I don't know yeah, about.
0: This is one of the few that I'm just going to flat out say I think Champions, uh, Marvel Champions should move on because I think that Agricola, while technically is part of the list, should be voided from this. Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm going through the list here. I yeah.
1: think Champions is a bit easier to play because uh, I remember the first time we got Agricola and we were like,
0: I don't right. know, Champions is, there's a lot of extra a learning, upkeep, yeah. and there's a big learning curve. I wouldn't say it's necessarily easier, but I wouldn't say Agricola's <laughs> harder. <Yeah. laughs> uh, replay value? Uh, I mean, obviously Champions. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah big time. Uh, Agricola does have a lot of meaningful choice, yeah. so I'll give it that. But the yeah. game immersion, art and production, I'm going to go with Marvel
0: Champions. Art and production, definitely Agricola, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, disc is, discs is people? Come on. Mm. Yeah. So let's move. Uh, a, <laughs> Marvel Champions on. That was an easy one. Yeah, because <laughs> both of us were looking at it like, okay, sure. Yep. Yep. I mean, just a gentleman's veto right there. It's <laughs> the, and and I really do love Agricola. I could make an argument for Agricola. I really could, but. I mean, that's a pretty sound argument.
1: I, I will agree with you that uh,
0: Agricola is a very good game. Yeah. But not for this criteria. Right. Exactly. So let's move on to the semifinals. Terraforming Mars versus Mechs versus Minions. Ooh, I this know will what be a fun, fun one. And you'll be starting us off. Please get Terraforming Mars. I get five tribes. Five tribes. Something done good messed up. up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you saw it live, uh, so this you is will well,
1: technically be terraforming Mars because Mech versus Minions in here. So
0: I got terraforming Mars because terraforming Mars <laughs> and Five Tribes, <laughs> almost the same game. Obviously, right? I'd be
1: more than happy to say Mech versus Minion moves on because again, terraforming Mars, great game, meaningful choice. I will give to terraforming Mars. Yes, much more than that. But the game immersion, art and production, yep. uh, the likelihood of getting to the table. And I'll give uh, uh,
0: replay value would be it would still be Max versus Minions uh... because of the campaign mode. I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you get minimum so...
1: number of plays for the full experience. Yeah, there's no
0: expansion, out. but it scales better than yeah. So
1: replay value would yeah. be uh, Max versus Minions just because the the it gets two of the three criteria. The expansions, however, Terraforming Mars gets.
0: Yeah, yeah, it gets the expansions, but that's about it. All right, Especially cool. if you count the big box Which is still smaller Than Max vs. Minions <laughs> base box Let yeah. me remind you Alright so that was an That's easy one Not
1: about as thick but not as right. long
0: And now the next one This is one where we're actually going to have to break down I feel But yeah. this is Marvel Champions versus Mansions of Madness Fantasy Flight versus Fantasy Flight That's right and you'll be starting us And now you'll be argue- arguing Carcassonne.
1: <laughs> I get Mansions of Madness again
0: Alright I mean, you do like it quite a bit. I do like Mansions of Madness. I don't own it. What are you doing here? For those of you who just saw this live, he just pulled out like four post-it notes. What? No, no, You're no. drunk. Go home. I am Sir. Home. Okay. Well... <laughs> All right, let's continue. Uh, so no, I didn't pull Mex
1: versus minion out of the cup when I pulled <laughs> put the other two okay. in. That's what it was. Uh, but uh, so I have to argue Mansions of Madness. I've yeah. talked about this at nauseum over the last forty nine episodes, probably yeah. half of them. Uh, I think it does get art and production hands down because one, it's got the minis, it's got the pieces of components. I think you can get upgrade stuff for Marvel Champions, but uh, it's Marvel Champions is a card game, so right. it's not really that important. You have a little bit of tokens. The art is great in Mansions of Madness as well mm-hmm. as uh, Marvel's Champions. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that Marvel Champions they didn't do like screen captures. They right. kind of made it comic booky, but they made it their own rather than right. drawing from comic books, which is awesome of them. Yeah, and then but Mansions of Madness, man, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about you but it creeps me out sometimes with some of those creatures. <laughs> it's it's yeah, dark. They're,
0: they're pretty determined. And it,
1: it's really good uh, how they did this. Uh, other than that, I think uh, Mansions of Madness is going to have a hard time. Um, I do say there's there's a bit more meaningful choice in Mansions of Madness because you're driving it, whereas in Marvel's Champions, you're drawing cards, and so you're hoping you get something good. Yep. Whereas... You have to make smart choices. And so if I'm a character who doesn't really do good good investigation, maybe I shouldn't go do that puzzle over there. Maybe someone else should. So it does a lot of that. Um, But when it comes down to the other ones, we're going to really have to break it down. Replay value, hands down, is Marvel
0: Champions. Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: no, it's uh, because it's not when it comes to just the minimum number of plays. Their, their uh,
0: expansions are beyond.
1: Yeah, well, it's just also they add more in those expansions. Because right. you have, like, these right here. I have one yep. on hand. It's a scenario pack where you're just adding more bad guys and stuff like that.
0: You knew <laughs> you were arguing that today, <laughs> sir. No, I... No. You, uh, before the podcast, by the <laughs> way, he actually took those off of his shelf... And sat them down there It's like, the, we'll be getting these. sitting
1: on my shelf. I was showing... The only thing I took off my shelf this is, is the, the X-Men United... This I was is, showing him you. the
0: Sentinel Mini. He brought that down. I saw it right there. He he explicitly first off, said... First off, I wouldn't bring it down off the
1: shelf because Marvel's Champions is down there on, right. your, on the bottom it's, of the shelf. I'd have a, to lift it. I would have to raise it's it up. a
0: It's a phrase. <laughs> it means you took it from said <laughs> shelf where it was... Clearly before our podcast, no, I did not. <laughs> They've been sitting on my desk since uh, March for this day alone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've argued Marvel Champions before then too, and every
0: time he brings.
1: <laughs> so, but you get the the different scenario packs, so they're adding more villains and more stuff going on there. So, I think the minimum number right. plays it's because it's a living card game. It's just going to be infinite until they decide, yeah, we're done with it, right? Exactly, um, and then also the expandability that that's where it gets it too. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> I don't even know how many packs there are.
0: There's enough source material for sure.
1: Yeah. There's mm-hmm. so much out there. Um, that honestly, this is tough for me. I think mansions of madness is going to move on, but we'll see. All
0: right. So now I have to argue for Marvel champions, which by the way, you did a great job for me. Uh, <laughs> no Marvel champions, But I'm just no. saying those are the only and, two I think could win. It and, wins. Right. No, I, I don't disagree because Marvel champions, the, the reason I disliked it, well, first off, I'm not a superhero fan, so that's that's one thing. But I can normal normally put that aside if it's a still a fun <laughs> experience. Like, for example, uh, Marvel United. I quite like that game. I thought it was really fun when I played it. Um, may not be as thematic, but when I played Marvel Champions... I loathed it. There was it was not fun. It it had no fun. It wasn't enjoyable to play. It was which is weird because I
1: had a great time playing it.
0: Yeah, but you also like the source material a lot more than me. And I'm not saying that's a hundred percent of it, but that definitely brings you in. So I think in a way that actually boasts the game immersion because you really do like you you feel like you're playing the source material that mm. I have no relation with whatsoever. Yeah. And and I think that shows beyond most is that how different of an experience you and I had knowing how different of a background you and I have with, with superheroes, Mm -hmm. right? You're definitely big on superheroes. I'm don't care at all. And that shines through the game immersion because you and our other friend who showed us, you know, like everyone who's a comic book fan is like, Oh yeah, you would totally do this. He was like, this is perfect. Let's do this. Oh, Hey, you could probably do this. Right. And I'm sitting there like, I'm um, like he can see through walls and stuff right like like Wolverine <laughs> I think like, like can he fly like I don't know I don't remember like he, he has like spider webs that come out of his hand it's like sir you're playing Red Skull like what do you like you don't play Red Skull but you know what I mean like it's like I, I didn't care and so that brought me out of it now as far as meaningful choice goes that goes to Marvel Champions because Mansions has dice
1: oh yeah forgot the dice
0: it's all dice driven yeah with the exceptions of the puzzles and some variability now granted it's dice mitigated but that does not make up for the fact that your deck is designed to be like Mm -hmm. your superhero your your antagonist is designed to act like the character would and that yes it's random as to what cards come up but not really right (laughs) i mean like if i'm pulling a bunch of sidekicks because my character has sidekicks i don't know if they do or not but you know what i mean like or like whatever kind of like oh this dude's really yeah, good at I know, punching. I know what you're talking about, like yeah. hulk he just jumps up and like gets really beefy all of a sudden yeah that's super thematic yeah enough where i remember that so game immersion and i, I feel the goes to that i feel meaningful choice goes to goes to that um ease of play i think goes to mansions Personally, because I do think it's a much easier game to play. Mm-hmm. Replay value goes to man, uh, Marvel Champions, and art and production is a wash because they're both Fantasy Flight, and they're all really high quality. So, Although the tokens are a little small in uh, in Marvel Champions, but well, I the think, tokens
1: are pretty small for like the investigating stuff in yeah Mansions of Madness too. It's true.
0: It's true, they're a little chintzy, but I don't. know. My vote, I would say Mansions, uh, Marvel Champions moves on. Mm, I'm not gonna argue with
1: you because it's just some Marvel champions I'm tired of talking about mansions of yeah. madness <laughs> no I just think it
0: fits it fits better talk about taking bias out of it right <laughs> yeah. I think I'm doing a pretty darn good job today
1: oh and it's not just the taking the bias out of it but the fact that I we got rid of mansions of madness it makes me happy I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally biased yeah, about and that
0: fairly <laughs> yeah and fairly we can laugh at it but we fairly eliminate it all right so now, uh, our we, for, finale. Before we go into the
1: finale, we oh. have Bex uh, vs. Minions versus Marvel Champions, but we didn't actually break down the other votes here. Yeah, let's talk about how many votes they got from our users. So, our first elimination was Five Tribes, and it had nada. No Zero votes. votes. Zero
0: votes. Sorry.
1: Yeah, so they agree with I us. they're
0: like mocking it. Like, I, I love that game.
1: Uh, right. So, the next one eliminated was our number two seed, Scythe. Yep. It was our... Fifth. fifth at two votes it's not very good yeah uh, no it's more algorithm than us yeah uh the next one unlimited was our number three seed dune imperium mm-hmm. now this was up there this is our third best vote getter Oh, actually it was our second best vote getter tie second, second mm-hmm. at five and finally agricola was canceled out by marvel champions
0: uh, agricola had no love Yep. Nothing. Yeah, Agricola 0 votes just like five tribes.
1: And Terraforming Mars was our next eliminated by Mex versus Minions. It had our it was the one that was tied with Dune Imperium at 5. And finally our number one vote getter was our next one eliminated Mantis of Madness. It had a total of eight votes.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I think they're
1: getting sick of us putting it up there.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, it is what it is. All right. So now our finale, once again, we do we put away the coin of doom, we put away the cup of doom because we do not argue for sides. We already did that multiple times. We simply break down the different criteria. Um, Daniel, there is one that I think immediately sticks out to me. There's one that sticks out to me. Is it art and production for you? Yep. Okay. I think we both agree. Mix, Mix vs. Minions has better art and production. Oh yeah. I mean, the art is probably a bit better in in. There's Marvel another Champions, one that actually. But the production sets it above and beyond.
1: There's another one that actually jumps out to me, uh, which is replay
0: value. Replay value, really? Hmm. Um. Hmm. I'm assuming you're arguing for Marvel Champions. Yeah. Okay. I I don't totally disagree with you on that. I, I, think I do disagree because... with you just slightly.
1: Uh, my thing is, is with the, the length of time and scaling, well, that's Mechs versus Minions. Yeah. But the minimum number of plays for the full experience and the expandability alone gets it. The
0: expandability, yeah. That that definitely does. And then minimum number of plays, I'd say, was, would be a wash in the base set. Just yeah. Because you only have a few characters and you have a few, a few antagonists, a few villains, and like some scenarios. I would say it's probably on par with uh, the campaign. Honestly. Uh, but with, still.
1: With the first uh, big box expansion, mm-hmm. that changes things.
0: Yeah, but we're arguing base. No, but it's I in think, replay value. I in... think realistically, replay value with with the base game alone is probably about ten plays, which is the same number of scenarios. It, I, I think realistically, that's true. I'm
1: trying to think how much was in the base game. I think it was five characters in the yep. base game, three villains. Yeah, plus so, uh, different schemes. Right. So so since you're playing, since I, you're
0: playing fewer players. It's over 10.
1: Five different players, or five different characters, uh-huh. three different masterminds or villains. Who right. Have... No, I
0: know that would be 15, but you're not playing as a one-player game. We were playing with other players.
1: Well, even at four players,
0: you're right. still... I think it would be five times the number of scenarios, which as There's more than two scenarios? Three. There's three scenarios? That's okay, 12. so 15. <laughs> yes. Math. Five villains. Three or no. uh, Three. scenarios. Okay, yep. Yep. Superheroes aside. That's better than Mechs vs. Minion. They
1: only have 10. Okay. I don't disagree.
0: (laughs) Sir, we're arguing the same side. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. So now it comes down to meaningful choice, ease of play, and uh, game immersion. Honestly... That's really tough. <laughs> I none of those really jump out to me. Let's go ease of play. I think that's going to be the easiest to determine.
1: Simplicity and familiarity of the mechanism.
0: Okay, programming is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I have with Marvel Champions is I don't think it's easy to play. It's not because I don't disagree and, with you. And sure, they're both cooperative, so that's a plus, right? Yeah. Um, like I said before, what I do, I have to say
1: this about Marvel's champions. uh I do like the fact that it's a cooperative, uh, collectible card game. You don't really see a lot of degrees.
0: Um, but it suffers from the same thing that a lot of collectible games do or living card game, whatever you want to call it, is that there's a lot of terms that are game specific. There's a lot of variabilities that you have to consider. Like, and for example, magic, the gathering, every set that comes out comes with mostly a new mechanism. You have to learn a new term. And Marvel honestly, Champions does the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, this one has taunt. You're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, this one has fragrance. It's like, why? Like, what does that have to do with anything? This one has ampersand. It's like parallelogram. You know, I'm just... But That's what I'm saying. The terminology is something you have to do. Yeah, and yeah. You have to learn every time.
1: I think the big part of it, too, also with you, is the terminology doesn't correlate as well for you. Because, again, sure, you're but, not into superheroes. So, like... Yeah.
0: Uh, but even then, you have to know what those do. And yeah. that's still a learning curve. And then, by all means, analysis paralysis. Yeah. You are playing one card on <laughs> on vs. Minions to your programming wheel and then program, running the program. You have to play your hand, maybe, kind of, possibly, depending on stuff. <laughs> no. And where
1: are you playing it? In front of you? You're going to play it over to that yeah. guy? So this you're gonna person? Fight you're going to heal them? Over there. Some cards help out your buddy over there.
0: Do you transform between your altar and not? It's like, come on. Come I on. I got sure to go to my altar to heal. You know what? I just completely argued that out. That is not the easiest game. In fact, by far, Mech's First Minions is ease of play. It now <laughs> jumps out to me after hearing this. All right. So now two to Mexverse minions, one to Marvel champions. Um, meaningful choice. vs. <clears throat> minions and Marvel champions are both the only random that they have in it, uh, as far as random it's goes. Is the card draw? Is the card draw? Mm-hmm. They, they both suffer from that, and that's on purpose. Can you make arbitrary choices on either? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. I mean, what you do matters in both. Yeah. Very much so. Honestly, I would be okay with calling this a wash. Well, my my thing, impact on long-term strategy. Honestly, um, you don't you, really
1: impact your uh, the long-term strategy in Mechs versus Minions. Uh, you the the do, game itself impacts it. You're, you're not n- making the choice. The no, game puts a because of the you.
0: fact that you build your code throughout multiple turns... That is at least a five-turn like thing that you have to consider. It's like, all right, I can program that I'm going to move forward and turn on this spot, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to deal with that decision every time, every one of my next turns until I deal with it. That's a really, really important. Well, choice. the same thing that... could be
1: said about uh, Marvel's Champions when you're saying, should I hold on to these for me to do this over here? Or should I play these out because we really need to take care of this villain over there? Yeah, but that
0: doesn't impact multiple turns. That's just like, oh, it stays out until it's gone. Right? I mean, it's more so. I mean, no, and I think that's part of the charm of the game. I'm not saying it's necessarily headier, but it's just it. that's something that's not an arbitrary choice. Like, if I have a card that just says, hit, punch somebody for five, it's like, hey, guys. But we're not we arguing an arbitrary choice. Oh. We
1: both agree that's a wash on both of those games. We're talking about right. long-term strategy. Right,
0: long-term strategy. You are. Marvel Champions I feel is more tactical. So you're like, saying Marvel Champions has more long-term strategy than Mar- Mechs vs Minions? I think Mechs vs Minions has more long-term because everything everything changes every turn in that. So like what I do right now Yes, that'll affect my turn now, that'll affect you for the round, but as soon as the villain attacks, as soon as he comes up with whatever scheme he's doing, as soon as he throws some variant, which every person gets another card in front of them, which changes different things, you have to redo your whole turn, or your your, rest- your strategy every single round. Whether you get a, a, a person to fight in front of you, whether an event like messes up half of your cards, whether this happens, you know... There's a lot of stuff that you just have to reconsider over and over that I don't feel that you have to do in Mechs vs. Minions. You do.
1: I, I just told you the glitch.
0: Yes, the glitch. But there's ways to mitigate it. It's, it's one There's glitch, ways to yeah. mitigate
1: it in Marvel's Champions.
0: True. Okay, let's call it a wash. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to do at the beginning. I, I still don't agree, but we will call it a wash.
1: I'm just like, you. everything you just said impacts Marvel Champions just as
0: well. <laughs> Not, but... It it's so much more random in that, in in my opinion. I mean just the way that the villains do it is just I don't know. I can't give it so we'll but we'll call it a wash. Which leaves us with game immersion. hmm Huh. <laughs> okay. Now I know I've argued for Marvel Champions before. <laughs> no, let, let's talk about it. Because I feel like they could both give memorable moments. Very much so. The player interaction
1: both require
0: a lot of talking. You both feel like you're part of it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, which one matches the mechanism? Is this really going to boil down to which one matches the mechanism the best? Because which one has the most unique player powers? That would probably be Marvel. Yep. That would be Marvel. In fact, definitely be Marvel because your whole deck is your variable player power. Wow, that's close, isn't it? It's a tie. It's a tie. So that means it breaks down into fan vote. Even though, if Max versus Minions, if you would have agreed with me, even though it would have won, what's the tie say?
1: By a one vote vote difference, Marvel Champions is the winner.
0: All right, good job, Marvel Champions. Honestly, well, I thought Max
1: versus Minions would have won the vote.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand why it didn't. I mean, it's Colton the News still. Uh, True. Not saying uh, Mechs vs. Minions is old, but comparatively, it's at least twice as old.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> In uh, I'm shocked
1: where that went. I thought Mechs vs. Minions was winning hands down.
0: Well, you know, it's our game. We can argue it. Let's <laughs> let's change it to Mechs <laughs> no, vs. It's Minions. That's already happened. All right. That's right. We took our bias out of it. And uh, Marvel <laughs> Champions won fair and square. So, this was an interesting podcast today. Yeah, no. Uh... I never thought I'd be arguing so favorably about. Marvel Champions. Before, <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, that's that's our job. Right? Yeah, that's what we get paid the big I did, bucks I for. I just found
1: it hilarious that the one game you really yep. disliked on this topic. Yes, it's my least favorite one, game, hands uh, down, on this. Other than the ones that really don't fit this topic,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, both of the games that don't fit the topic, I like way better than Marvel Champions. You had to argue it for every single round, yep. and you're the one that pushed it over into the champion. But you know. So, on our list, yeah, I like Agricola a lot. I like Five Tribes, but I wasn't going to hold that. I like Mixed vs. Minions. That's my favorite on this list by far. That matches. But that matches, yes. Oh <laughs> well, no, even even with. I think I like Mixed vs. Minions more than I do Agricola or Five Tribes.
1: I'm just trying to think. Uh... But
0: here's the thing. Like, Scythe, I like it. It's fine. Terraform Mars, it's fine. Dune Imperium, it's fine. I probably lean more towards, like, a, eh, it's okay at best. Uh, Mansion of Madness, yeah, it's fine. Marvel Champions, really don't like so, this, this, I wasn't as invested in variable player power, apparently. Yeah. In this argument. But, yeah, it's, so it wasn't that it's like, oh, well, you definitely hate, like, you definitely hate that one. It's like, I don't, I I dislike it the most out of them. But, <laughs> yeah, overall. It ended up winning. Yeah.
1: In fact, I like most of the games on here. Um, honestly, my least favorite, I would probably have to say, ooh, that's tough. It'd
0: probably so be Agricola. Issues. Agricola, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just need to play it some more, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's, think it's very hitty, it. and
1: yeah. oh. honestly, I, I, I do
0: enjoy it yeah. for what it is. I feel like it would be a really fun two-player only. We like played it
1: two-player originally. It was Caverna that we played with the full contingent. That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, well. Yeah, it was a bit heavy, though. <laughs> yeah, it There
1: really was. There's a lot going on with it. I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, in fact, I just realized that for Juve Rosenberg, I like his smaller games more than I like his big
0: games. I do, too, I do too. actually. I mean, I like them both, but, yeah, I, there's something about the way he does smaller he games, like, like Bonanza, Bonanza, Patchwork, all of those. Yeah, those are really good games. There's some, he always throws a, something really smart mm-hmm. into the mix with it. And that, Heck, when the he The bigger did, games are just big and he, When he did games.
1: Patchwork Doodle, that was a great game. Uh-huh. It was. It's like... Why, why, why do you make these big giant games that make my right. brain hurt when you do really good small games
0: wait a minute was luna nova on this list it was, no it wasn't it, it was wasn't a no. yeah so i was about to say that does not count as very <laughs> well. all right anyway that's beside the point we hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast today if you ever want to join us live uh like gm dandy drew thank you for chiming in um if you ever want to join us on a live episode you definitely can Stream us at uh, twitch.tv slash Games, and by all means, please follow us there so you're notified when we, when we go uh, live. broadcast to yeah. go live. You can also find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we
1: do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean.
0: If you ever want to get in contact with us directly by either just wanting to say hi, enter in future contests, or just give us ideas for future episodes. Clearly 50 Top 8 Debates, we're not slowing down, but we could use some help. Yeah. <laughs> Email us directly <laughs> at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact with us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.